0: Hello everyone, welcome to the weekly talk show, The EQ Talks with Experts. The focus of today's episode is self-awareness. We have with us Kumaran Anandan, who is the CTO and co-founder of Tiny Magic, a behavioral and digital transformation company. He was with Microsoft as an enterprise architect for more than a decade. He architects not just technology, but people's happiness as well. He brings the behavior changes in people through techniques drawn from fields ranging from neuroscience, psychology, technology change management. Kumaran, welcome to the weekly talk show. Thank you for joining the show. Let me get my curiosity out of the way first. Okay, When uh, many people struggle to decide what to do two years down the line, five years down the line, when they join a company, you have decided I think 10 years in advance, I guess, to quit your job, which many folks died to have. Can you
1: talk about that and tell us what triggered you to make the decision? In my case, it was a pre-drawn conclusion. Uh, many years ago, when I was closing down my first company is when I had actually made the decision. The decision, what I had actually made is that March 2nd, when I'm 45 years old, that's my so I'll say when I'm 45 years old on that day I will not be employed anywhere and I will be doing what I want to. So I kind of set that as a date and why 45? It was basically I was telling if I'm 45 let's assume till 65 we still have peak mental health and physical health. I will still have 20 years of energy to go after what I really want. So I started working backwards So if I have to be free in 45, what do I need to do? That was probably when I was around 30, 31, 32. So around 10 to 12 years back, I had decided that I would quit when I'm 45. And I was working on that already. So in fact, when I joined Microsoft, in my first discussion with the manager, he asked me, what do you see 10 years from now? Uh, what do you see yourself doing in Microsoft? I said, I don't see myself in Microsoft. So he says, what? He said, no. Um, And uh, when I'm 45, which was basically uh, March 2nd, 2017, I will quit. That will be my last working day in Microsoft. And this was in my first year, my first one-on-one discussion with him. So usually how can you get into that precise date March 2nd 2017? I said that's where I'll be 45 and beyond that I will not I don't see myself working for Microsoft. So that way it was not it was a pre-concluded decision even and I worked in Microsoft for 10 years so probably the second month into the 10 year I told it, so this is what will happen. Self-awareness is one of the key pillars of emotional intelligence
0: it means different things to different people, either as a concept or as something that is practiced, or or that should be practiced. You have come across many personal reflections in your life. After coming out of Microsoft, how did your journey of this self-awareness start? Have you set any specific goals for that?
1: Probably, I had what I wanted to experience in life. I didn't have a particular goal. But I was clear on what kind of experiences I wanted to have. I wanted to have the experience of uh, bringing relief to pain, either to myself or to people around. Can
0: you can you elaborate on that? Okay. Okay.
1: So it's um, probably even more earlier in life. I started sensing pain. I started acknowledging pain exists. Okay, and when I mean pain. there are two kinds of pain. One is a physical pain, another is a mental pain. So, physical pain, I think pretty much everybody is aware of. They will say, My stomach is pain. They'll point, they can point to point and then say, My shoulder is paining. Correct. My Correct. finger is paining. My head is paining. My head is paining a lot. My throat is paining a little. They can point it out and give a quantum to it. Okay. But mental pain, people don't understand it's a mental pain. They can't spot that there is a mental pain. They usually attribute it as something outside happening. They don't realize I am facing the pain. So the first step that they take is to change the world outside. Okay, so let's say my father is scolding me. I'm experiencing mental pain. But instead of telling I have a mental pain, I will say my father is scolding me.
0: Okay, okay, got it. Mm -hmm.
1: So, and once you do that, then you go after telling what can I do to stop my father from scolding me? Or it depends on the power. So, in the case of father, the father is very powerful. Okay, so I try to avoid that situation. I try to avoid the pain unconsciously. So I try to do what he will not scold me to do. Or I will try to hide what I'm trying to do, so that I won't get scolded.
0: Interesting. Interesting. See, this is like when you say subconscious, right? Subconscious means it probably would have to become a habit or it would have got, it should get into your subconscious mind, right? I mean, a re- relief and pain. Now, uh, differentiating this uh, pain on the mental side, mental pain, um, you know, there's a switch, right? And that switch has to happen for you to actually take it to your subconscious. How do you do that? Right?
1: Uh, for everybody, the pain is recognized at a subconscious level. So when you're uncomfortable, that means you've already realized the pain. So let's take physical thing before we go to the mental thing. Let's just understand the physical part of it. It's a lot easier. Then we will go to the mental. So you can understand words, you can understand sounds, correct? Understood. Yes. Right? Yes. And because we are doing a podcast, we'll just use this experiment with sound itself. Did you eat food morning? Not yet. Not yet, okay. So there is a sound that came out, you heard that sound, you converted that into language, you made it into a meaning and you responded. Correct. Okay, so you were able to sense it, but a lot of these things happen subconsciously. You didn't say, oh, this is an English word. It's grammatically correct. All that you didn't do. It all happened subconsciously. That's right, yes. Genki Tabemaska. Genki Tabemaska. I will tell it even more slowly. Genki Tabemaska.
0: Okay, I, I didn't understand what you are saying. You can't respond.
1: No, you are hearing the sound. It's not that you're not hearing the sounds. Correct. But you can't interpret it. Because you don't have the skill or the language for it. Doesn't mean you're not sensing it. You can definitely hear the sounds. Now, can you guess what language I was talking? Maybe Japanese. Or Japanese, Japanese, maybe Japanese. It's yeah. correct. Yes, it is Japanese. Okay. Genki desu ka means, are you fine? Tabe masu ka means, have you eaten? Okay. Now, the thing is, did you sense it? Of course you sensed it. But even though you got it at a subconscious level, you can't, you don't have the skill to interpret it. So you need a language to associate with the signal that you get. You heard a sound, you need a language to interpret it. Otherwise it will be just sound. So here we are talking about pure physical property of sound. It hits your eardrum, you are recognizing it, it goes to your subconscious, you even recognize a pattern but you can't convert that pattern to something else. It gets stuck there. Does your subconscious know something is happening? Oh, definitely it knows, but it doesn't know how to respond to it. Now we will switch to the mental. So when a mental pain happens, the subconscious knows it, but it doesn't have the language to interpret it. So if you have to understand what I said, you have to learn Japanese. So similarly, there are ways in which you can interpret mental pain.
0: Brilliant, actually, that's a brilliant uh, uh, explanation, Kumar. So, so you need to develop that skill for you to interpret uh, the the pain that we go through. I mean, correct. If you have to understand the pain.
1: Yes. So, the first part already happens. You already know the pain happens. Everybody. So, if you ask a sim, so one of the first skill, let's say the first level skill. You're in a particular situation, you just answer a yes-no question. Am I comfortable, not comfortable? Yes, no. Yes. So when you heard that, you were uncomfortable. Very clear. So this is the first skill that you learn. Am I comfortable now or uncomfortable? So the moment you get an answer, I'm uncomfortable, the answer is no. Then can you answer the next question? Why am I uncomfortable? So that is so the deeper you can answer the question then your awareness increases. So everybody is aware already. See, if you are deaf, then you wouldn't hear the sound. Then it's a larger problem to handle. If you can't, if you are numb, if you are, you don't, you can't realize the senses, then it's harder. There are people like that. So people who have autism, they different respond very differently to the simulation coming to them, but they will also have comfort and discomfort. Uh, I
0: think you know, for people who have, uh, you know, uh, like visually challenged or uh, orally challenged, for them, the other senses will compensate by being like highly correct. Alert,
1: right? correct. So, in either way, you will get a sense of comfort or discomfort that we can. So, then you start building from them. So, I'm telling that self awareness thing. The journey is already started. It's not that somebody has to start afresh. You're already on the journey.
0: Okay, okay. The
1: fact that you can answer a question that I am comfortable or I'm not comfortable means you're already aware. It is just a question of becoming even more better at it. That's all so so to become
0: better right to become better like what how do we do that i mean how do we get better at uh, uh, like being more and more self aware i mean when you are self aware then i think probably will become better in responding to the uh, the external stimuli right that so how do you how do you become better at uh, uh, this particular skill of interpreting the uh, the pain or understanding the pain you, you Just earlier you mentioned that you know you will start questioning why and kind of
1: a thing. Right? It, it's kind of interesting from what you just said. You just said you will respond to the external stimuli, right? Yeah. Now, when you are not, let's say when you are at a low skill level, you react to external stimuli. So the first step is you kind of convert that to a respond. So how do you respond is you need to develop vocabulary. For understanding Japanese, you have to develop vocabulary, words, so when you have a discomfort, a person with very, like for example, take a baby, how does it have food, mamam, everything is mamam for that, right, and everything is inga or whatever, drinking means inga, I don't know what is in your house, but in our houses, inga means something drinkable, mamam means something hard, hard stuff to eat, that is all the vocabulary for a baby is. As it grows, it starts developing, I want uh, curd rice, I want chapati, I want cake, I want this, I want that, I want a hot drink, cold drink, hot with less sugar. So your vocabulary of food starts increasing. Similarly, the basic vocabulary we are born with is, I am comfortable, yes or no, we can say, that is the basic vocabulary. So you increase the next level of vocabulary, of describing the discomfort, I am uncomfortable because I am feeling angry. I am feeling uncomfortable because I am sad. I'm comfortable because I'm feeling energetic now. So that is just probably the second level of uh, vocabulary. See, I'm comfortable is fine. Probably you don't need to deal with it. Right. Okay. So we start with I'm uncomfortable. Because that we already know. We hardly realize when we are comfortable. We only realize when we are uncomfortable. It is like when you have fresh air all around you, the mind doesn't work. It's very hard. So, I would say, even practicing this, when do I practice this vocabulary? Do it when you're uncomfortable. Because when you're comfortable, you don't even realize what is happening. It's like having fresh air. Nobody, the moment somebody farts in the room, right, then you know. <laughs> <laughs> then you become aware that there's air around you. <laughs> so, how do you get awareness when a discomfort happens? You become aware okay okay, okay so so in fact i will go ahead and say how do you know you are in awareness general cases when you are uncomfortable you are aware i would say you are unaware when you are comfortable no
0: i mean probably see in the same example that you said like uh, even if there is a fragrance, like some that comes, that also you will become aware, right? I mean, if it is, when there is a status uh, quo, then it is But okay. the brain
1: doesn't react the same way to a fart. That's why I use that example. <laughs> okay, okay. See, a fart is uncomfortable. So your mind reacts even quicker and stronger. Okay. Like, let's say you're sitting in a room. Somebody puts a fragrance. You don't, ah, who put this in? You don't do that. Correct, correct. Yeah, that's true. So, your your level of awareness increases very high in a discomfort scenario. So, it's much easier to practice on that trigger. So So, I would say look for the trigger of discomfort. Okay. That is the best point to practice awareness or increase vocabulary. So, the question is, when do I practice? When do I build vocabulary when you're under discomfort? And that is very easy to catch yourself because the mind is in a high state of alertness. The, the brain goes into higher awareness when discomfort is there automatically. You don't have to do anything. The discomfort raises awareness. You don't have to do anything about it. It's already, you, let's say your normal operating level for easy sake, let's like say awareness is from zero to 100. We are operating, I'm operating at 30. When there is discomfort, I naturally go to 60.
0: Understand? yeah.
1: Automatically, mean? my awareness has increased. I become aware of my surroundings. Now I don't have the vocabulary to interpret it. All I can say is yes, no. Now I practice building vocabulary. That's the
0: first. I mean, that's the second step, or like that's a in that journey.
1: That's a that's a next step. You would say next step. So when I'm so I'm only going to talk about uncomfortable feelings. Now you start developing a vocabulary. I am disgusted. I am sad. I am angry. I'm disappointed. I'm frustrated. Okay. This is the vocabulary you develop, and you start spotting it. So you go from a child to, let's, like, child which says "mama," mamam and ingu too." I'm comfortable, not comfortable too. I want rice. I want chapati. I want burger. You'll say, "I'm angry. I'm disgusted. I'm frustrated." Okay, Kumaran. Uh, now I have I have another question.
0: Uh, see, being judgmental and uh, knowing that I'm being judgmental. So these two are two different states.
1: How do I uh, become uh, aware of these two different states? The challenge usually comes when we understand vocabulary wrong. Okay. Okay. So there is a story which I heard when I was very a child a long time back, my kind of quoting. So a guy had gone to his, most of you, in every language it comes in different forms. In Tamil, it used to be called Kolkata story, right? So a kid goes to a relative's house and he eats a dish there called Kolkata. He loves the dish, okay? So he asks his aunt, what is this dish? The aunt says it is kolkata So he says, I should remember this. I shouldn't forget it, okay? It's beautiful. I got to go and ask my mom, okay? So he keeps running to his house and he keeps repeating kolkata 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 and he's running. So there is a puddle there and he's trying to jump over it and when he's jumping over it in enthusiasm he turns that word to Atripacha Why that change happened, we don't know Then after he lands right, he tells Atripacha and then he keeps repeating Atripacha, Atripacha, Atripacha and he reaches home and he asks mom give me Atripacha He said, what, I don't know how to make it Then this guy creates a ruckus The mom gets so angry that she beats him up Okay. <laughs> and his head is so some neighbour comes okay, and then she asks him, why did you beat him? And he's like, this guy is asking for Atri, pacha. I don't know how to make it. For that, you will beat the kid like this, the neighbour says. Look, like Kolkata, his head is swollen. Then this kid will say, yeah, 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 that's what I want, I want, I want that Kolkata. Oh, she says, oh, that's what you want. Why I'm telling this story is, that word, vocabulary, again becomes very important right otherwise you will get tulpd if you have the wrong vocabulary okay so it's very important to get the vocabulary right okay. so that we can react properly now consider the mom as your consciousness okay and the child as the how you react to the situations and between atripach and kolkata how your subconscious response is a world of difference either you get tulpd or you get the sweet correct correct Okay, so you have to use the right word with the subconscious. So no, it's not the mom's fault that she passed the kid because the kid was creating ruckus. So similarly, with our conscious brain, I say I want this, I want that, this, that, the subconscious doesn't know what to do, just go get last minute. Now, when you say judgmental again, I want to get a two difference there. I I have struggled with it quite a bit of time. Let's split that into two words evaluation and judgment. Judgmental is too high level a word. We have to split that up again. It Okay, there is a difference between evaluation and judgment. Let's take a very simple thing to understand this. I am writing a maths paper. Out of 10 questions, the teacher corrects it and evaluates 8 questions as correct and 2 as wrong. And evaluation is done. I got 8 out of 10. Okay. I got 80% in maths. Is not a judgment, it's an evaluation. 80% is good marks, Kumaran is intelligent. Judgment. 80% is good, is judgment. If I got 30, Kumaran is an idiot, he's not good in maths. Judgment. Evaluation is I got 35. 3 out of 10. 8 out of 10. So we got to be clear. Because without doing evaluation, you cannot improve. So evaluation is very important.
0: Okay, I think here also, Kumaran, uh, this, this is a very key differentiation, right? In terms of evaluation, because sometimes evaluation can happen uh, subconsciously or the judgment can happen subconsciously, right? I mean, in the, in the so correction.
1: Usually both happens together when we are untrained. Both happens as one single block. Input came, judgment comes out. So the first level is to split both. And then... So, how do you do it? You simply ask a question. What is the evaluation for this? What is the judgment about it? If you go back to that case, it says, My father scolding me, my father is bad, is a judgment. Okay. Now that came because I evaluated his interaction as uncomfortable. Okay. That's the evaluation. So I say, Okay. Interaction with him has made me uncomfortable. Based on that evaluation, I am passing the judgment that he is wrong. So the question is, so now to your question, am I able to do the two things first? What is the evaluation? What is the judgment? Can I split it? If I can't, then I'm being judgmental. If I can answer these two questions very clearly, then I know that I'm being judgmental. If I can't answer the question, what is the evaluation? then I'm being judgmental. I don't even know that I'm being judgmental. If I can answer the question, this is my evaluation and my judgment, then I know that I'm being judgmental.
0: That's a brilliant explanation. That has to be an ability that we have to develop, right? I mean, not not many people could could start asking questions to them. I mean, we have this inner voice kind of thing in our mind. It'll keep criticizing us or doing this, do that, do this kind of thing. But this questioning ability, right? The self-questioning ability is another uh, I mean, it's very hard for everyone to do it, because is it something like, okay, if I'm good at questioning myself, that inner voice questioning, then I will become uh, better at self-awareness?
1: Definitely, correct. Yes. What happens is usually when we are uncomfortable, we react, our first response is to, I want to make the discomfort go away. So I know when I'm uncomfortable. Okay. So let's take the fart example. Okay. I'm sitting, I, hear a, I smell a fart, what is the next action I want to take, run away from there or I get angry with the person who has done it, okay. So one of the things we can practice is to develop curiosity, hey, why did I feel uncomfortable about this smell or I know it's a fart, then I became curious about rather than why did that person fart, what makes a person fart. So, when you kind of direct your mind with curiosity, then you reduce the ability to react. Actually, you're just using D, you're just directing the mind into thinking. So, that's this curiosity is a skill that you have to develop. So, when something uncomfortable happens, instead of going into a reaction, you go into questioning, and that happens by developing the curiosity neural circuits. So that is a skill again you have to build. Curiosity is a skill that we have to build. Interestingly, you cannot build that on the fly because the mind is is trained to react. So you will have to practice that consciously. So a lot of people ask um, when they do uh, karate, especially in martial arts, right? You keep practicing defense. Now, when somebody, Hits you, the hand automatically comes. The brain knows I have to do this moment to defend myself. So, just like for, and the easiest, another easiest way is for people who have driven cars, right? You move from consciously changing gear to unconsciously changing the gear. So, similarly, you practice curiosity, then it becomes an unconscious thing over a period of time. So, how do you practice curiosity is anything that happens around you you start becoming curious about it, anything. Probably it's something like, let's say, um, you're taking a particular route to office. You just ask yourself, why can't I take another route? So, or somebody gives an answer to a question. Instead of accepting it just like that, you genuinely ask a curious question about why he did it. So, very simplest example, somebody comes late and uh, you say, "Why uh, why are you late? That person says traffic. And it says, oh, okay. So we become curious to say, why did you get caught in traffic? Then a lot of times people usually say, I got up late today. If I had got up earlier, I would have reached on time. So then what has happened is we have switched ourselves from blaming it on traffic to taking responsibility for I could have got up earlier. So that curiosity reveals a lot of things, which is a bottom of the iceberg possibilities what is it?
0: bottom of the iceberg
1: means like basically when we look at a situation there is something which is that an iceberg if you take a tip is visible bottom is not visible so usually we respond react to tips but if you start going for the bottom of the iceberg then you have a chance of responding So curiosity is a mechanism to become better at evaluation
0: So the judgment can come later.
1: Judgment can come later. So curiosity is a great way to handle judgment. It's a gateway to handling judgment. So you become curious. So somebody, let's say my kid didn't finish homework. And I ask you why? He says, I'm lazy and I'm done. Now I could ask him, lazy is okay, but why did you miss it? Then he says, no, probably I slept too much or I watched TV for a longer time. Then I ask him a question, is there a way you can reduce watching TV? So when an answer is given either by ourselves to ourselves or somebody else, we practice asking more questions about that instead of taking it at face value.
0: Uh, if we start asking questions to ourselves, I mean either an uncomfortable question, I mean even like for for, for that matter, if you are happy, you could just start asking your questions, yeah. right? You know, it just doesn't have to be uh, only for this uncomfortable. Uh, Correct. Uh, situation, right? Okay. And that, that will help us in the in the self awareness. Uh, I mean it'll help you in that skill. It's becoming
1: so when the curiosity neural circuit is built, questions will naturally start coming up. Now there is a good news here and there is a bad news. Which one do you want to hear first? Okay, I think
0: mean, you've got to tell both. So start with
1: the good news. Good news. Okay. Good news is we were all born with extreme curiosity. Have you ever found a child, which is when it's awake, it is not doing anything with its finger or hand, it's just lying like one doll. No, it will always be doing something, trying to feel something, bite something, catch something like that. So it's a natural need to figure out things. It wants to understand, it wants to feel, it wants to know how it tastes, it's looking here and there, it's trying to hear sounds, so we were all born with Curiosity, so that's already there. But over a period of years, the bad news is the environment has trained us to be less curious. Probably it happened when some guest came to our house first time. Children ask, why did you come home? When will you go? The people will actually respond by telling, no, 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 don't ask that question. I think that's the first interference. Second, when we enter school, when a question is asked, the teacher says, how dumb can you be? either verbally or non-verbally. And all the children around laugh when you ask questions. So the environment trains you not to ask questions. And this keeps happening little by little. And even when you have joined a company and you're a senior position, let's say the customer is doing a presentation. You ask a question, the manager will say, why did you ask that question? The customer will think we don't know things and we won't get the project.
0: That I have seen, I have experienced it.
1: So it's... Interestingly, it's a continuous, whereas where we should be on a continuous journey of increasing curiosity, unfortunately in life, we are on a continuous journey of killing curiosity. So we just have to reverse that. We already have it. We have to just bring it up to life again. And that is by asking more questions. So once you develop the curiosity muscle, then we will have the ability to, so it's a, it's a kind of to and fro thing. It's like riding a cycle or driving a car. How do you get to drive a car? By driving more car. By doing more, you become more at it. So you become better in asking questions by asking questions. So you actually are
0: practicing, practicing more, practicing the talk, then probably you might just, you might question, oh, I could have asked this question at that time. So that will actually get into your mind and the next time something similar happens, you will ask the question. You will
1: ask a better
0: question. uh, if they are able to uh, understand, if they are able to understand that, you know, yes, I have evaluated and now I'm being judgmental. Now, after that, what do we do? Like, you know, I know that this is the reality. Then what? And is that the, the, the self-awareness journey stops once you are aware of things? Or uh, how do we continue this self-awareness journey? I mean, where, where will it lead us to? There is a, There is a path to enlightenment kind of a thing or like how is it?
1: That's again is the good news. The good news is you're already equipped with to handle awareness. Okay. To be aware, you already have the required framework. Consider hardware is already there. Once you have awareness, how to handle, that is also there. The problem is the awareness application, right? Yes. That is not running. Uh,
0: that's what Fully. I was talking about. Okay. What is the application?
1: There are, again, if you look at it, it is considered that there are levels of application. Right? Level 1, level 2, level 3. So let me tell how the end happens, right? To take an example, you cycle through a particular road to reach your destination, okay? And you do it in the night. You're riding through the door, and bam, you hit a divider, okay? Now you had a discomfort and you face that. Next day, you're going through the same road. You don't have to do anything additional, you will know that you have to deviate from that. So that is the part I am telling. Once you are aware how the brain knows how to handle it. Once I am aware that this is a roadblock, the brain knows how to take the deviation. You don't have to explicitly go and then say, you know what, I have to take a deviation. But then I have to be very clear about this. This is the deviation. Mostly we already know how to turn the bike to do that deviation. angle. So when you are able to do the evaluation itself, when that evaluation happens properly, and you know that judgment, the judgment is like banging into the wall. Evaluation is knowing that there is a divider. So once you become conscious and you know that the judgment will actually land you in trouble, you will naturally try to avoid judgment. And as you said with practice, for example, I won't. I will not be able to turn my handlebar very quickly the first time. So 10 times I will fall. See first time I fell into the pit without knowing a pit is there. Second time, there's a pit here, pit here. I have to be careful, careful, careful. Be careful. Okay. So, okay. Looks like I got over it. No, I fell into it. Then you start counting mentally. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, okay. I fall down. Now, you know. Okay. I have to count five. Sixth time, at the count of six, the pit will come. Okay. So, now when you enter the road, you're counting. One, two, three, four, five. And you try to turn. You fall down. Then you say, oh, I turned the... Imagine it all is happening in darkness. So I twisted my cycle bar by 30 degrees and I still fell into it. Next day I come. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. I tilt it by 60. I avoid it. Okay, now I've gotten over the, gotten around the pit. So that thing of I have to turn the handlebar by 30, by 60. We learn it with experience. So in real life, what is that? So, let's take the case of evaluating. So, my dad makes me angry. Okay. So, why? And I am feeling uncomfortable. Now, I kind of look at it. Now, if you look at it, I was already doing that. No, Either I was hiding or avoiding what he was doing. Okay. I was already doing that. But before, I did it in response to a judgment. Now, I am doing it in response to an evaluation. My actions have not changed. Now that's a different topic whether I want to hide and do what I want to do yeah, or not to do it. But that action whatever I am taking comes from evaluation and not judgment. So I will say I want to cheat because I don't have the ability to convince my dad, not because he is bad. So my judgment is gone. Doesn't mean I become an holy person. No I don't, that's I still true. cheat. <laughs> but I don't cheat from judgment, I cheat from evaluation.
0: Okay, I understand. Yes.
1: So we most the point there was we know how to react to it, or what yes. action to take.
0: Okay, just like our driving, right? The car driving, and then you come across a speed bump or like a, so. Even if you like, if you haven't noticed the the sign, the sign would be the signal that you will have if right. if you noticed it. But the moment you just start noticing, even if you are very close, I think you know how to react. It was a lovely conversation, Kumaran. Thank you for sharing your brilliant perspectives on self-awareness, judgment and different ways to develop this self-awareness skill. Thank you very much.